And one, two, three, four. Welcome, everyone, to the LifePoint Table Talk podcast. We are coming in today at week 24 of our Bible reading reflection. My name is Jason, and I'm excited today to have with me Pastor Katrina. So good to be with you all today. Awesome. Been flying solo for a little bit, so it's nice to have some company to go through this with today and uh, excited we got an awesome reading to go through and um, we are looking at 2nd Chronicles 34 all the way to the end the book of Ezra and Nehemiah all the way to chapter 6 and then we are also looking at John 19 to the end and then the first two chapters of the book of Acts. So let's get started in the Chronicles. So Chronicles, uh, like we've been talking, it's kind of um, a repeat. They're going back over the kings and we are up to uh, chapter 34 here. So let's go ahead and jump into it, shall we? Yes, let's do it. All yes. right. <laughs> okay, so we're at 34 here. Uh, we're going to start out with uh, Josiah. So remember, uh, there was Manasseh, then Amon, and now we're at Josiah. He's the son of Amon, grandson of Manasseh. Uh, Amon, if you remember, was assassinated by his own uh, people there. Well, by a group trying to do a coup, and then uh, the people of Judah rose up and killed those people. And they made uh, Amon's son, Josiah, king. He was king at eight years old. Can He's you imagine a king, eight years old? Eight years old. <laughs> That's something. And it's pretty wild. Some of these guys last very briefly. Uh, he's king for 31 years. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful, too. He did right in the sight of the Lord, had a heart like David, and yep. uh, did away with the high places, cleansed Judah and Jerusalem, and repaired the house of the Lord. Yes. Uh, so he does right. He's ridding them uh, all of Judah, the altars of Baal. Uh, he's crushing their idols into dust. It gets really into that. Uh, begins repairing the temple. And um, during this time, during the repairs that they're making, they find yeah. the, the scroll yeah. of God's command. It's beautiful. And so they bring it to him. He reads it. And he's convicted by it and disturbed because he knows they haven't been uh, living by these yeah. statutes. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. They go to a prophetess, Hulda. Yeah. And she you don't hear very many prophetesses in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, she's a big part of his story. Uh, she tells Josiah that because the people have gone away from God, he's going to bring disaster on them. Uh, but because Josiah has repented, he's going to be allowed to die in peace. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, you look at these guys, they're kind of reaping uh, calamities from the previous kings. Yeah. Uh, Manasseh had done a bunch of stuff that uh, basically uh, God says they're going to pay for yep, eventually. One yep. way or another, this is coming. But you, because he repents, they're able to hold it off yeah. for a well, little bit. Well, you reap what you sow. That's just, that's a law. That's mm. a real law. But well, right. King, but King they're, they're reaping what he sowed. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You yeah. do wrong and your kids can reap it. Yeah. That's the sad thing about it. It's like you waste all your money, then your kids don't have any inheritance, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so and I can see that. Yeah. And but but he repents, and uh, uh, this judgment is held off. Yes. And so he brings all the people together, and he reads to them from the 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 scroll, the book they found, 
and he has all the people renew their covenant to God, and they all agree, and uh, the people of Jerusalem agree, and uh, throughout his reign, it says the people follow God. Then we're in chapter 35, where they celebrate Passover, and, and that is, you know, when the death angel passed over. Uh, so they had that big celebration. But then it's very interesting. Josiah dies in battle. Yeah. And it's so, it, it fascinated me when I read that because he didn't listen to the king of Egypt, Necho. Yeah, yeah it's a strange one. Uh, who spoke the word of the Lord to him. He got involved in a battle he had no business getting involved with. Yeah. It was between Egypt and Assyria. Mm-hmm. And the king said, don't get involved. It's none. It's not for you. Yeah. Stay out of it. And don't you think we get involved in things sometimes we should never get involved mm-hmm. in? Yeah. And we get in trouble. Right, <laughs> right. And it wasn't even our situation. Yeah. We get involved in somebody else's. And uh, so that's what I see in that. And the result of it, though, is he was killed in battle, which yeah. is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing there. It says uh, Necho, king yeah. of Egypt, actually spoke the word of the Lord to him. Yes. And I think he, he knew it. But for some reason, yeah. he, Necho was his friend. He felt like he needed to go into this battle with him and help him. And Maybe it's a little bit of pride, too. I don't know mm. that they couldn't win without yeah. Israel. I don't know. But... Yeah. I'm not judging the heart, but so he did the, not make the point it. of that story, he didn't need to or have to and wasn't supposed to be involved in that war, and he did anyways and got killed. Yeah. And so we go on from there. We're going to try to move through these quickly because we got a lot. a lot of kings here. Uh, Jehoahaz, uh, probably. Son right. of Josiah. Son of Josiah, only reigns for three months. Yeah. Uh, and notice King Necho takes him into captive. Yep. Captivity. That was interesting. And puts his brother in as king. Yep. Jehoiakim. Yep. He was 25. He did reign 11 years, but he was evil. Yep. And then Babylon, uh, the Babylon king, Nebuchadnezzar, took him captive. Yeah. And, and not only that, he carried away all the vessels of the temple. Yeah. And that's an important to note because that comes back up later. Yes. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, this, is, this is part of when they end up in captivity right uh but nebuchadnezzar took everything out of the temple all the treasures now remember prophetess holda told this would happen yeah so jehoiachin his son here's another eight-year-old becomes a king mm-hmm. but he only reigns three months and is evil yeah and the babylon king took him yep and put his brother Zedekiah. His relative Zedekiah. Yeah, and he was 21. He reigned 11 years, and he's evil, but he made a mistake, too. He rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had put him in office. Yeah. We got a little rebellion going on here. And so uh, Zedekiah, uh, like you said, he he does evil. He defiles the temple. And it notes here that uh, this is nearing the end of of this long period where uh, these kings, some have been good, a lot of them have been bad, but it says God continually warned his people through messengers, but the people despised the messengers and prophets and mocked them. And that's something. And eventually God is fed up and angry, and it says no one could stop the judgment that was coming. And um, so this judgment was coming, like I was saying, with... um, Josiah, it was coming even then. He yes. he was just able to hold it off yes, for a little bit. It was. And once he was gone, yeah. it it was coming right back at him. Right. And so they're um, all taken into captivity now and they destroy the temple, they destroy Jerusalem. Yep. And that's according to the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet. Yeah. Who had also prophesied that. And so uh Nebuchadnezzar goes in and and basically slaughters the people and those who are left he takes into captivity and sends them to babylon takes all the treasures from the temple destroys the whole town yeah he does uh and the temple what's left of it like a bomb went off they burned it down and uh knocked the walls down and everything and uh, uh like you're saying this this fulfilled the prophecy of uh jeremiah and so the people are now in exile, 
and they're under Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. I, I was wondering about that. I forgot to look up the length of time. 70, 70 years. years. Until wow. uh, Babylon is taken over by the kingdom of uh, Persia. Okay. And so 70 years in captivity, then the Persian king Cyrus comes to power. This is fascinating. It is. Uh, uh, Cyrus is kind to the Jewish people. And uh, they're close to them. We hear more about these relationships later on. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, this ends, this is at the end of Chronicles. Uh, Cyrus coming to power, and he puts out a proclamation that God has given him all the kingdoms of the world, and he's appointed him to build the temple for him in Jerusalem. And his people can go there. I know. Isn't that amazing? He sends them back. And here is he's like an atheistic. May God be with you. I know it. But God stirred his heart and he believed in God. Yeah. It's amazing. Then we go into Ezra. Now, Ezra, originally Ezra and Nehemiah were one book. And Ezra recounts the efforts of the exiled Jews who returned from Babylon to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, the high priest, and Zerubbabel, the governor, established proper worship and ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And then after many years, Ezra, who the book is named after, the prophet arrives with another group of exiles. So we're hearing the story of two groups. And Ezra was a very knowledgeable scribe and was instructed by the king to teach the people of Israel the statutes of the law of Moses. And Ezra is now going to tell the adventures of these first two groups that arrived from Babylon to Israel. Yeah. So so uh, we start off here in Ezra uh, with Cyrus uh, making this proclamation to build the temple, the temple and encouraging the people to go back. And not just that, he supplies them. I know it. He raises money. <laughs> He gives and, them supplies and, and makes other people give them supplies. I know it. And he gives the gold and the silver and the vessels of gold out of the temple that King Nebuchadnezzar right. had taken. They got all that restoration. Everything that was taken, all he that. gives them back. So, but that now they have to return with all this stuff. Yeah. And um, it talks a little bit about it. They were um, they were worried. <laughs> they were worried on this trip. They have all this treasure well, with sure. them. sure. And um, I think he sent guards with them as well. Yes, he did. He sent a small army with them Mm -hmm. to protect them, which was amazing. God truly had to deal with him in such specific ways for him to do this. Because not everybody was happy about this. No. They had a lot of uh, people, enemies at this time. Well, look at chapter two. This is the record of those who returned. And it says there were 42,330 people. That's a lot of people. That's Mm. a small city. Plus servants and maids, 7,337. And 200 singing men and women. Plus horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the treasures. Yeah. And so it lists a lot of the ancestors that were returning. Uh, The priests, the Levites, literally has... A list of their families. Yes. And they go back to the places where they had lived before. Uh, They begin to rebuild the altar and make sacrifices. Uh, It says, even though they were afraid of those who lived around them. Mm -hmm. So while they were gone, other people had moved in. Sure. And there was a whole other group there (laughs) now. And uh, it kind of reminds me, obviously, they, they went in there. Uh, in war with the the people who right. lived there, but this is again it reminds me of the the modern times where yeah. people had lived there and they come back right to their land. They yeah. say it's theirs. They're right. saying it's theirs. It's yeah. just like it is now. Well, it is it's exiles true. coming back to yeah. land where somebody else lives and says, "Yeah, hey, that's mine." Yeah. <laughs> well, in chapter three, it's very interesting. They they were of one heart. They were in agreement. Yeah. So they didn't come back divided. They were in total agreement. Yeah. And, and they, they start following the festivals and offering f- sacrifices. Right, and rebuilding and all that. 
But now it says they finish the temple, all right, and they start worshiping. And the older priests, down in verse 12 of chapter 3, when they looked at the new temple, it was not, you know, glamorous and fabulous like the first temple. And they start weeping. But the other people who don't know any different think, wow, look what we've done. So the weeping and the shouting was so loud. Simultaneously. You couldn't tell the difference. And everybody thought, look at the rejoicing they're doing. Yeah. But the former ones were saying, this is... Does that remind you of some people? So this isn't how we did it before. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. That end of chapter three there in Ezra, talking about that how some of them were so excited and some were weeping. Yeah, and at well, the same time, um, knowing they had lost something, but then having to still rebuild. Yeah, you know. Um, well, it's like the older folks coming into the new worship, the new buildings and the new you know it's not like it was before uh and i know that solomon built the most out well they really did lose something yes they did there was no way of getting that back it wasn't the same ever again yeah but they had to do it they had to do it so there was a a cause there at the same time so while they're doing this uh the enemies of judah uh are trying to foil Yes. This rebuilding. Uh, They begin to try to frighten and dishearten the Jews into not rebuilding. Uh, Also bribing other officials to try to slow it down. Right. Uh, And they even write letters. They write letters. And this is pretty cool because it starts to get into uh, literal history, uh, different kind of history, literal letters. Mm-hmm. that uh, some of these things they've found, uh, these back-and-forth letters between Xerxes and the people. And so the, the people bring charges. and uh, They always go after money. Notice this. They're saying to the king, if these, these Jews are rebellious, if they rebuild all this, they won't pay taxes to you when they finish. Mm-hmm. Well, it's similar to uh, the situation, actually, we read in, in um in the gospels with with jesus right where if he says he's king then he's gonna be against you yeah, that's right that he's was the whole all deal. your money <laughs> that's why they tried to get a uh, pilot to kill him that's right saying if he says he's king that means he's not under caesar yeah. and they do the same thing same thing here to them and say if they rebuild then they're gonna yeah. be against you they're gonna right. claim their own thing and so uh the king tells them to stop building. King is convinced and tells them to stop. Now, it's very interesting, chapter 5. This shows you the work of a prophet. Haggai and Zechariah prophesy to the Jews in the name of God, don't you stop building, you continue to build. Yeah. And they did it with the encouragement of the prophets. And even though the enemies tried to stop them, this is interesting, it said the eye of God was on them and they could not stop them from rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, and so the uh, the local officials come in and try to say, hey, where did you get permission to do this? Right. You were supposed to stop. And they they, uh, they say Cyrus told us we could. And But now King Darius is in charge. Right. So, so yeah. So we get into six. They tell Darius to look it up, basically. Go look it up. And he does. It's there. He does, and he, he finds it. And he says, hey, wait a second. They're right. Yep. They are allowed to do this. And so Darius uh, also supports them. Same yes. kind of deal as Cyrus. Gives them full support in, in spite of these people. I'm, and this is, I thought this was fascinating. I wrote this down. He said, uh, give them all that they need for sacrifices that they may pray for the life of the king and his sons. And I thought, oh my God, he was as convicted as Cyrus was yeah. in his heart. The Lord convicted him. Yeah. And then he goes on, anyone that hinders this, they're going to get their own house torn down and they're going to be hanged. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he said, let the house of God be finished with speed. Do it quickly. Yep. And they obey. They do. And so they, they finish rebuilding. It says with great success. Uh, the temple's finished, and they dedicate it. Um, 
they have a uh, huge celebration. They sacrifice 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs. Wow. Um, then they celebrate Passover. Uh, the priests and Levites are assigned their duties again. So it's uh, a joyful it's time. It's working again uh, like it was. And um, now in chapter 7, here comes Ezra. He's coming with the second group of exiles. Yeah. Right. And he's the ready scribe in the law of Moses. Yeah. And he was had favor with the king. Said the yeah. king granted him all that he requested. And it said Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord, to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach it. Yeah, the letter, they, they list it. They write all these letters back and forth. They yes. have them in the in the scriptures there and he specifically sent him as an expert yeah. he, and he sent said, them whatever you need for your sacrifices will be supplied yeah. that means the sheep the goats all this yeah and whatever ezra wants give it to him speedily yeah and it's, whatever the god of israel and heaven requires give that to them too but this is interesting what this king said he said why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons so they feel he's the king felt like if I don't do this, I'm going to have God's wrath. Yeah. So God must have spoken to him in some way so specifically yeah. that he could not get away from it. And so we get into chapter eight and Ezra. It's in it does shift here. He starts writing in the first person in mm -hmm. chapter eight. Yeah. He's saying I did this and I did yeah. that. Uh, he leads a group back. Uh, he gets to Jerusalem. Uh, he brings, well, he brings a, a group of priests and Levites with him. He brings them all together. They fast and pray uh, before they actually go in. And um, it talks about how God protected them on their journey to make it to Jerusalem. They had to count all that they had when they got there. And they start making sacrifices um let's see so and they get there ezra is kind of surveying everything and they're the the leaders come to him and tell him what's going on there yeah on chapter nine chapter nine so the the people had been living by the customs of the other people there right. and and intermarrying with these other families or other nations yes the other, pagans yes. other groups yeah and uh, uh, which they were specifically not supposed to do. And Ezra is angry and in tears. And it says he pulls his, tears hair his clothes, <laughs> pulls his hair out and his beard out. Uh, he's in he was probably a bloody mess he, he, when he, he met with them. pretty upset. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, he calls out all the people. Uh, after all of this that God has done for them, bringing them back, they've disobeyed and gone with these other folks. I like his prayer. Some of the things he says in his prayer anyway. He prayed, and now for a little space of grace, hmm. give us a little reviving in our bondage. Hmm. Extend mercy to set up the house of God, for we cannot stand before you because of what has happened. Yeah. What a prayer. What a prayer. Yeah. And it, so while he's praying to God, he's confessing their sins, a big group of people there, they're weeping. They're all convicted by this. They know uh, he's right. And uh, a man comes to them, uh, and he, he who's one of these people who have married, and says, we have to divorce them. And send them away and their kids away. Oh, wow. And uh, oh. at that point, Ezra makes everyone swear to do this as well. Yeah. And uh, I imagine there's weeping before God, but also weeping because they're sending them back. Yeah. And so they, they, they all agree. And I think it's, I don't know if it's here or elsewhere. They say, yeah, it's... Um, he has them all meet, and it talks about it. it was a serious meeting, and it was in the rain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. They're meeting in the rain, and uh, 
he tells them how they've sinned marrying these people and they're going to have to agree to get divorced and everyone agrees but uh it's going to take time because they're literally well there's so many of them yeah and and this is what he said if you don't if you don't make up your mind within three days then separate from us and forfeit the inheritance you'll have here in israel in other words go back Mm. go back yeah but it's maybe i was reading it wrong it seemed like he's saying this is over the course of a year did it take that long? He has a group that checks on them. Oh. No, yeah. I'm talking about making up their mind. They to agree do it. to it, yes. but they have the space of a year to do it. Okay. And the, he has a group that goes and checks on them throughout <laughs> the year. Make sure they do it. Yeah. And uh, I, this was the whole group of them the priests, the Levites, temple guards, oh, all I know of them. Everybody. Were, everybody was that intertwined with the these other and can you imagine uh, that groups. would happen if you're in another country yeah can't you imagine it would happen yeah uh and so that's how it ends there uh ezra then we get into nehemiah and and the introduction of nehemiah in nehemiah's name means jehovah comforts mm. and he took on the task to reestablish civil authority in jerusalem as it was now in ruins yeah. And the people had no way to defend themselves and and but one thing about him he he let nothing distract him and his goal was to make Jerusalem a city of refuge for the remnant. Yeah. And Nehemiah was given favor with the king of Persia and the government funding to rebuild Jerusalem and the wall. And of course, guess what? There's going to be enemy attacks, right? Yeah. But God, but yeah. God. Yeah, this one of my this this book is amazing. It is. Uh, it really gives a lot of details here. Um, first of all, it starts off there. You're talking about he had a relationship with Xerxes. Um, he was his servant. He was close to him. He was just he talks there. about he he brings him his wine, yeah. and they were talking. To, this is how it all started. But you know what a cupbearer is? They taste the wine to make sure it's not poisoned mm. or taste the food to make sure it's not poisoned yeah. because there's always people there trying to get rid of the king. Yeah. So that that is the most trusted person you can have as your cupbearer. And so Nehemiah is upset and Xerxes notices he's upset and that's how they start talking about it. He's upset because of his 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 home has been burned down and broken down right and he has heard about it and so uh he starts talking to xerxes about it and xerxes basically says what what can i do what do you want me to do i think they were friends yeah i I think they were close because he says how can i help pretty much and he says send me back and uh the king agrees and this is when he he sends him, but he also sends him with letters of authority, of authority yeah. and protection. Right. When he goes and supplies and, and his army, he sends his captains his of his army with him. And yeah. um, it starts talking about right there uh, the favor that that the Jewish people are getting here is making other people mad. Yeah, because here we come. Here's Sanballat and Tobias. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hear about it and they grieve. Uh, so they're planning and plotting is what yeah. it should say, planning and plotting. And so he gets back and it talks about how he surveys the land. It's a big mess. And uh, he, it's interesting. T- he tells he goes the people at night. his plan. He goes at night. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Secretly and surveys it. Yeah. And so uh, he's telling the people his plan and some of the people are angry. Uh, these other groups insulting them and making fun of them. And uh, he says they'll rebuild it and they will have no part of it. (laughs) 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 And so uh, it starts, uh, chapter three, it lists, it's mostly a list of of all the the builders and the building and the Levites and priests and everyone who worked on the walls. Chapter four is fascinating. And so... uh, Chapter 4 starts off, uh, this same fellow, Sanbala, San, I call him Sanballat. Sanballat, yeah. that's probably not right. Uh, I think he's the governor, he's one of the governors there. Yeah. And uh, He just mocks the Jews, you've been nothing and you always will be nothing. 
Yeah. You know? And one of my favorite things, he says, do they think they can make something out of this pile of scorched stones? Yeah. <laughs> but it's no, it's really, it really is a beautiful uh, uh, story here. I mean, anybody in their life who's gone through something that's been destroyed. Um, the the restoration, the answer is yeah. Yeah, I can. They they can and they will and they're going to. Yeah. Well, notice Nehemiah's prayer. Turn their reproach on their own head. Yeah. They're mocking us. Now make them that reproach come on them. Yeah. Uh, well, they build the wall to half finished because mm-hmm. the people had a mind to work. Well, when the enemy heard the wall was being finished and the breaches were being stopped, they were very angry and conspired to fight against Jerusalem. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. But and notice what the Jews do. They pray and set a watch day and night, buddy. Yeah. They're going to finish it. And uh, this is awesome. They, uh, well, first, it it must have been, you know, and it really speaks to to the process of rebuilding and redemption. They're singing the blues here. Um uh, so uh, it says they sang so- uh, sorrowful songs because <laughs> they were working. It was so much work, so much rubble for us to haul, worn out and weary. Will we ever finish this wall? <laughs> um, and it's fascinating because these they were under attack while they're trying to rebuild. Right. Hammer in one hand, and a sword in the other. Awesome. Wow. Uh, Half of them would work and half of them would stand guard. Like you said, uh, one hand on the work, one hand on their weapons. Everyone was given weapons at that point. Um, it said they worked continuously. They didn't change their clothes, just kept on it. working. Um, chapter 5, we get into there was some kind of famine in the land. Uh, these other officials... And leaders were oppressing the people, and uh, they cry out to Nehemiah. They were charging interest. Yeah, and, and they they couldn't get the grain they needed, the food right. they needed. And Nehemiah goes and confronts these leaders and calls them out. Uh, and uh, they know he's right, and so they agree, and... Uh, Nehemiah makes him promise to give everything back. Uh, it says, Nehemiah is governor of Judah during Xerxes' reign. Uh, talks about how he was a man of the people. He shared his things with the people, his food. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a certain allotment as governor. Usually these guys just kept it all themselves. Right. And he fed the people. That's beautiful. And uh, all his focus was on rebuilding. Right. It said everything he did was for the people. That's beautiful. Um, now, chapter six, there's no breaches left in the wall. Yeah. Well, the, what's the enemy going to do? Now they're going to come personally against Nehemiah. Yeah. And they asked to meet with him. Yeah. I love Nehemiah's answer. I'm doing a great work and I don't have time to meet with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. He, he knew they were up to something. Oh, sure. So Four times they asked him. They try to trick him. They even get another guy in on it to try right. to trick him. Uh, Nehemiah again prays God to punish them. Uh, the end there, it says the uh, the wall is finally finished. 52 days. 52 days. That's a month and a half. Yeah. Do you? I, we've been to Israel, Jason. We've been to Jerusalem. That wall is massive. Yeah, I was su- surprised. Fifty-two days, uh, and you know it seemed it was like to it would be ground. longer. I, but they ha- remember they had forty-two thousand the first time. We don't know how many came with Ezra, yeah. so they could have had many, many people. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I think it was a huge group showing back up. Right, I do and, too. Uh, they just came in and took over. Well, the enemy was so shocked that it was finished. Yeah. They knew it was the work of God. Yeah. And so that is where we end on our Old Testament reading, Nehemiah. Uh, incredible. One of my favorite books. Oh, Nehemiah. it is. So you good. want a book on restoration, read yeah, Nehemiah. That, that's one of the it's best stories 
there is for restoration. Absolutely. Um, now we've got another res- a restoration story in Jesus and the cross. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to jump over to John, finish up John, get into a little bit of Acts. Yes. So we're at John uh, 19. Uh, Jesus is before Pilate. And uh, they've beaten him. They put the crown of thorns on him, the purple robe. Yeah. They've slapped him. And then they bring him again before Pilate. Yeah. And so Pilate brings him out to the people. The people are uh, yelling for him to be crucified. And uh, Pilate doesn't want to. He tells them, no. you guys do it. I don't I don't see anything wrong with Now, remember with his wife had a dream and told him, don't you have anything to do with this just man? Yeah, and I, I love this part because th- when he says this, he says, I don't find anything wrong with him. The people say he claims to be the son of God, and it says it terrified him. I know it. Insta- <laughs> instead of making him mad, he got scared. He knew something was up he, with him. Well, I think because of his wife and that dream, I, I do. Think also, his interaction with Jesus yes, threw him I off. Do too. He didn't I know what to do with it. It wasn't uh, wasn't normal. Well, it's, and he said, "You crucify him." He said, "I don't find any fault in him. You crucify." The Jew says, "According to our law, we can't do it. You have to do it as a Roman." Mm-hmm. And no wonder he felt like. Am I really killing the Son of God? You yeah. know he had to think that. And the way it reads there in John, they say that he gets so scared, he runs back in and says, Gee, where are you from? Yes, uh, that is so interesting. I love it. Who are you? Who is this? Wait <laughs> yeah. a second. What am I doing? What am I getting into here? And Jesus won't answer him. And G- and Pilate's saying, don't you know I can let you go or, uh, right. or I can kill you? And he... Jesus' response is, you have no authority over me unless given to you from above. But here he gives him hope. Listen to this. Those who have delivered me to you have done the greater sin. Hmm. And I think that gave Pilate hope hmm. because I think he felt hopeless. If I kill, I'm, I may be killing the son of God. Hmm. So yeah. it, it, uh, But it's interesting. It says from that point on, Pilate tried to release Jesus. He tried to get out of it. I know it. Um, so that shows you he did not want to do it. And again, this is what I was talking about. At this point, this is the angle they use. They say, if you release him, you're going to get in trouble. Right. Because he says he's a king. Yep. And if he says he's a king, then Caesar's not the king. So <laughs> it goes against him. I know it. And so he uh, finally releases him. Yeah. Yeah. And so they move pretty quickly through the actual crucifixion. Yes, they do. Uh, it says they take him, they make Jesus carry his cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull. They crucify him between two others. Uh, they make a sign. This is pretty interesting, too. Yes. They make a sign on the cross. It's usually like what they're convicted of. Right. And Instead. Uh, it says, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. And yeah. it was written in Aramaic latin and greek and i wow. i love this the chief priests were mad yeah and they tried to make him change it to say this he guy said, said he, he was. was he wasn't <laughs> really and Pilate won't change it no, what i've written i've written yeah, yeah. amazing then uh, all the prophetic words psalm twenty two eighteen, the soldiers gambling for his clothes yeah uh just one thing after another is, is fulfilled according to scripture it's yeah. very what was prophesied in the Old Testament is coming true in the new. Then the women at the cross and yeah. then uh, Jesus t- saw his mother and John and, and he said to his mother, behold, your son and John, behold, your mother. Yeah, he's really telling John to take care of his mother there. Yes, he is. Yeah, and and in, it says he does. He does the rest of her life. Yeah. And it's very interesting. John brings her to the upper room later you read that in the book of acts yeah so she's there and then uh, we have his death he dies th- another prophecy they were going to break his legs but they don't because right. he's dead they pierce his side um and then, then the burial then it goes through joseph of arimathea secretly goes to Pilate. Asked for his body. Also, it notes Nicodemus is with him. Yeah, he was the is, disciple who came by cool. night, remember? Yeah. He brought the spices was, and linen. Yeah. And uh, so they buried Jesus in a tomb. And um, it's very interesting. Sin began in a garden, 
and now it's being forgiven in a garden. Hmm. Yeah. He's going in a tube, but he's going to raise up. Wow. And that's yeah. fascinating awesome. in a garden. And uh, so in this garden, early the next day, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She finds the stone rolled away. She runs and tells the disciples, I love this. Then they don't believe her. Well, <laughs> no, they do. They here, it, it doesn't say it says that in the other ones. This one, it says they they get excited and run yeah, to the tomb. That's right. That's right. And they find his clothes and the empty tomb. Uh, and Mary's still there weeping. Uh, they leave. They go back home. Uh, and two angels show up and say, why are you weeping? She says, they've taken Jesus. And she turns around and sees Jesus. Now, this is interesting to me. Yes, really interesting, interesting. Because this happens over and over at from this point on. Where Jesus shows up and they don't know it's him. Right. So I don't know exactly what that is. Why they don't recognize him. If he's doing that. If he literally looks different. I don't think um, that. I think he is in his glorified body. Uh, but I think. Well, this they're one not is, expecting it. This one's interesting. Because he actually. They have a back and forth. She doesn't know who he is. Until right. he, he says. I love it. He's Mary. And she realizes yes, wait, his voice, Rabbi, and um, but it's also he interesting. Says, Don't touch me, right? I haven't ascended to the Father yet. Yes, what is going on there? What that he's just hanging out until he goes up there? Yes, that is. Uh, go tell my brothers, Mary. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And so on that same day, then he appears to the disciples who are hiding. Yeah. In fear, they're locked in, and he just—I love it. He just shows up. And every time you'll say Amongst peace, them. peace, uh, probably peace. scared him. Sure. <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy's there. Um, he again, though, he's having to show them his hands and scars because I don't think he looked the same. I think there was a glow about him. There was you? something up here that his clothing may have been different too. They had spent a lot of time with this guy. You would think they would yes, recognize him true. right away. Yeah. But th he's having to prove it's him. Yeah. Well, don't you think you'd be in such shock? <laughs> you'd be like, uh, yeah, well, you're really, yeah, you really did. You really did. Yeah. Uh, um, amazing. They, they begin rejoicing. Um, and it says, he says, the father sent me and I'm also sending you. And it says he breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone, they're forgiven. If you don't, they won't be forgiven. Uh, this is very interesting. I'm reading this from the King James. I use this quite a bit. Whoso sins you remit are remitted to them. But whoso sins are retained are, re are retained are retained. Uh, now notice this. This is talking about forgiveness because of what all the disciples are going to go through from now on. All the punishment and all the persecution. He says, forgive people. But if you forgive them, you are remitting their sins back to them. Hmm. But if you retain their sins, and that's through unforgiveness, it'll stay with you. It's retained in you. And that is one of the greatest secrets of being a Christian, is learning forgiveness. Yeah, because it, it to me it read like a kind of strange thing to say at that moment. Right. But Why I, is he talking about that right Because then? of what they're getting ready to go into. Interesting. And as soon as you start reading their persecution, what did they do? They rejoiced that they were able to be persecuted for Jesus' sake. Hmm. They had a totally different attitude. Yeah. I think before Peter would have got out the sword again yeah. and been fighting. Instead, it's totally different this time. Yeah. They're walking and don't it's part of their commission. It's part of their commission. This other way. And which which convicts a sinner more hate toward them or the love of God toward them. Yeah. Wow. It yeah. really is. It's his goodness that brings people to repentance, not your hatefulness, not your anger toward them. You don't like the sin. But man, you, you've got to understand we love the sinner. Hmm. That's all there That's is to beautiful. it. And then um, there's Thomas. Thomas <laughs> talks about he wasn't there during this time. Uh, and so he they tell him about it. He says, I, I'll have to touch him and see his hands or and, I won't and believe. And the nail prints. I want to see the nail prints, too. Interesting, too. It seems like Jesus is just showing up and then disappearing. 
I know it. Because it shoots to a week later. Yeah. So he's not just hanging out with them the whole no, time. not at all. A week all. later, he shows up in a similar Here's gathering peace situation. peace again. Peace to you. And uh, he just shows up, and he tells Thomas to put his finger uh, where his wounds are, uh, shows him his hands, tells him to stop doubting and have faith. And Thomas says, you are my Lord and my God. And uh, an incredible moment there. Um, and Jesus says, the one who believes without seeing me is the one who's really blessed. Yes. I love that. I do, too. Yeah. And we're that really blessed people right now. We haven't seen him in person, yep. but we believe. Yep. I love how John ends this chapter, the purpose of the book. Yeah. This is written that you may believe. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is so powerful to me. And then we're in chapter 21. Jesus appears in Galilee again, later to on. his disciples. Again, later on. Uh, so they're out fishing. They've been fishing all night. And he's I have a question. Do you think, Peter, he said, let's go fishing? Do you think he was thinking about going back in the fishing business? Maybe so. I'm, I'm wondering about that. And they caught nothing all night. Remember, they went through that before. Yeah. Do you remember? Right, okay. Right. And I love it because, again, Jesus shows up and it's it's kind of funny with him he's, he's on the shore grilling hey did you catch anything yet, yeah guys yeah, and he's grilling it's, notice that he's already got fish yeah. and bread he's got his grill out <laughs> they say no he says try on the other side Ooh. and they do and there's so many fish they can't get it into the boat uh, and, and i love this peter realizes it's the lord and jumps in the water yeah but notice it says John tells Peter it is the Lord. Hmm. And it's interesting. John refers to himself, especially in the King James Version. He doesn't even mention his name. He'll just say, the disciple that Jesus loved yeah, told I love Peter. That. I love that. <laughs> I'm the one that leaned over yeah. on his chest. And we were very close. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like you said, he's there, make, has a little fire and a camp going and. Uh, says he has them bring the fish over so he can cook some of it. And uh, it says no one dare asked who it was because they know. knew it was they Jesus. They knew it was him, but they just act like, oh, uh, Very, hi, thank you for the... <laughs> it is interesting, I don't know it? how to read this. I Are, know. They're kind, it's like, don't dare ask. Like, they're kind of scared. Is he going to rebuke us if we say, are you Jesus? <laughs> but they know it's him, but... It doesn't look like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. know. There's something this is really his third interesting about here. that. Yeah. Because the way he's been appearing to them, I don't think it's normal. I don't. Um, I think they're kind of in shock. Yeah. And uh, I love it too because he gives them bread and fish to eat. That kind of same theme uh, of him. Uh, uh, praying and blessing bread and, and food and sharing it. Right. Breaking it and sharing it right. with them. Uh, said it's the third time he had uh, appeared to them. He then gets into this back and forth with Peter where he's asking Peter if he loves him. Peter says yes. He does this three times. Uh, Peter gets upset and says, you know I love you. And then Jesus prophesies into Peter's life, tells him how he's going to be led where he doesn't want to go. And it says how uh, he's talking about how he's going to die mm -hmm. and bring glory or honor to God. Right. And Jesus says, follow me. Basically, right. you're you're going to have to go through. It's very uh, interesting so, about this like love. I did. Yeah. If you read this, Jesus said, Love me more than these. And that kind of love is agape love, the God kind of love. Hmm. And Peter responds to him, I love you with the phileo friendship love. We're friends. And Jesus is saying, God, be more than this. Hmm. And it's, it's got to be more than just friends. You've yeah. got to go deeper, Peter. And Peter knows it. And at first, it's very interesting. At first, he says, feed my lambs. And then twice, he says, feed the sheep. Yeah. Lambs are easier to feed than sheep. Hmm. Remember that. You get older, you're harder to teach. <laughs> but notice that by the third time, he's still saying, Lord, you know I, I just phileo friendship love you. 
mm-hmm. you know all things, help me. It was really what he was saying. Yeah. Help me that I can go. And that's when he says, at one time, you're, go- you're going to come to the place where someone else has to dress you and take care of you, and you will die a death that honors me. Yeah. Yes, you will come to that, and you'll remember this. Yeah. I have one other little thing I thought was interesting. They counted the fish. <laughs> yeah. They put their 153 fish, and I thought, who who would put that in the writing? We caught 153 fish. That's so so amazing to me. The little details. Well, my that they favorite up. is that we'll finish here. The in this amazing moment where Jesus is talking to him, you see where Peter's head is. Because yeah. he turns and sees John and says, "What about him?" Yeah, I love He's this. Totally not. <laughs> and John writes it like the same this: level. the disciple that Jesus loved, who leaned on his chest at supper, he's rubbing <laughs> it in even more. And he said, "He said, what are you going to do with this man? What's he going to do?" Meaning yeah. John. He said, "If he lives till I come, it's none of your business. Yeah. What's that to you? Yeah. Follow me." Incredible. Isn't that true? People have to do what God's called them to do, and it's not in our place. Yeah, They're going to live and fulfill the ministry God has for them. He's saying, fulfill your ministry. Yeah. Quit worrying about that because we justify ourselves. Well, they didn't do so good, so I'm doing better. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, You can't justify yourself. You right. follow him and do what he's called you to do. Yeah, And so uh, John ends there. It says Jesus did many other things and miracles. Not enough books to fit it all. Oh, that's amazing. Love it. Okay, now uh, we're Acts 1 and 2. We'll jump into Acts here. Uh, it's very interesting. I'll do the introduction here. This was written by Luke the physician. And the gospel that Luke, in the gospel that Luke writes, he writes of all that Jesus began to do and teach. But in the book of Acts, it's of the apostles beginning, at, of the apostles, and it begins with the ascension of Jesus and how the gospel spread beyond the Jewish community to the world. And the stories here of Paul and his conversion and ministry. And at times you realize Luke is with Paul because he'll say, we did this and we did that. And then it's of Peter's ministry also, beginning with the day of Pentecost. And it concludes with Paul's imprisonment in Rome. And I did a, a study on this, Jason, and I would encourage people who are listening Every chapter of the book of Acts mentions prayer. If you go through the book of Acts, underline prayer. Every chapter in some way mentions prayer. So the book of Acts is packed with prayer. That's my little introduction. Awesome. Uh, so it starts off there uh, talking about um, uh, before Jesus had left, he gave the apostles order orders. Uh, not to leave Jerusalem, to wait for the Father to give you the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, it's also interesting. Jesus was seen for 40 days after his resurrection. The number 40, by the way, means fullness of time. Hmm. And the 120 were in the upper room for 10 days. So what does that equal? 50 days. And 50 is the meaning of Pentecost. So look how Jesus fulfills the scripture. It fascinates me. Little things we just pass right by. He is fulfilling it line upon line upon line. I love it. I love it. That's great. Okay. And so it talks about how Jesus had given them uh, this order to go and wait. And um, this happened right before his ascension. And uh, he was taken into the clouds, and they were standing around looking up at the sky, and angels show up and say, what are you looking at? Yeah. He's gone. He's going <laughs> to come back he's just like you saw him heaven, go up. And he's going to come back just uh, the same way. Absolutely. And so they go to the upper room uh, where they had been staying. Uh, there's about 120 of them there. It says praying with a single purpose. I think that's I love that too. Uh, really important. Yes. They had a single purpose. Yes. This group. Uh, it talks about how they pick another person to replace Judas yep. during that time. Uh, and then chapter two, 
it's the day of Pentecost. They're all together, and suddenly a loud noise from heaven, like a mighty violent wind, fills the house. Now, this shows you how the early church begins with and power. Yeah. It doesn't start out weak, and they get really, really bold from this. They saw what looked like fiery tongues move all around and come on them. And they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other languages. As the Spirit gave them the words to say. Yeah. And they, let, they didn't stay in there. A lot of us, we have experiences in church, and we think that's awesome. But they didn't stay in that upper room. They took that experience out into the streets. And that's what, think of this, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was out in the streets witnessing. Yeah. I love well, that. Well, it sounds like a bomb went off. That's what it sounded like to me. And, and, uh, and mighty, mighty wind, sound, yeah. fire. And that caused people and to come. it wasn't just them, though. This wasn't just an internal experience because it says people heard it. Right. Everywhere, and they came to see what was going on. Yep. And there were all these different uh, Jews there from every nation uh, for Pentecost. And um, they heard it, and they got gathered around, and they're confused because they they these people have come out uh, speaking their language, different yeah. languages, all these different languages. Yeah. And it says, how are they doing this? They're uh, uh, speaking of God's great deeds in all these different languages. Right. And some so some made fun. Some said they were drunk. Yeah. And it was only 9 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> and so Peter stands up. Now, remember, this is 50 days after Peter had denied Jesus. Yeah. Think about that awesome so the He's forgiveness bold. of god yeah and restoration restoration. We about restoration oh my that's what i'm talking about restoration how could this guy Woo, out love of it. his the ashes oh. of his life now he's, here it is peter stands up and boldly says listen these men are not drunk like you think it's early in the morning this is what was spoken by the prophet joel and in the last days i will pour my spirit out on all people your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men dream dreams. I will perform wonders in the sky and on the earth. Uh, blood, fire, and cloud of smoke. The sun will change to darkness and the moon to blood before the Lord comes. Uh, and then Peter um, uh, gives kind of an altar call. He does. He preaches, he preaches about he Jesus. He, he preaches the message of Jesus, how he died and was resurrected how david spoke about him how it's been prophesied about him how he's been he's he's lord in the christ and uh says the people hear this they're convicted and uh he calls them they say what do we do he calls them to repent and be baptized in jesus name uh to be forgiven of their sins and they will receive the gift of the holy spirit yes and three thousand are added that day that's the beginning you of like the church have, right there. Yes. See, a church. we had 300 give their lives to Christ one night in one of our meetings. Wow. And it was revolutionary for our church. Hmm. Can you imagine 3,000, yeah. what that did for that early church? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Wow. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking bread together. And I, it's just, uh, the tone of this is really interest interesting to me because it, it says they there was a reverence on everyone yes there was a spirit to it and a, um, a vibe or I don't know what to call it but the reverence is interesting to me there was something very real about it right there's the, the verse 42 is interesting there's the four foundations for the church really it's doctrine fellowship communion and prayer those four things in that one verse, they continued in that, and that became the foundation of the church. Doctrine, fellowship, communion, prayer. Yeah. If we can understand that, and ha that is the foundation for the church. Yeah, that's awesome. And so it talks about how they had all become together. They're all living together and uh, selling their things and all, all together. And it and s ends there, uh, chapter 2, saying the Lord added to them daily. Oh, so and they that, were growing. That's, that's fascinating. That's the beginning of 
Christianity, the movement, it is. the whole it's thing right the there. Beginning of the early church. Kept going Woo! all the way to here. I love it. In Ohio. Yes, it is. From all yes, the way over there back then to right now. To right and now. And so that's where we're at. That was awesome. Um, such good stuff. Thank you so much. I love being here. I love doing being this. Being here, going through this. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Keep keep, uh, keep up with your reading and checking in with us. And we will uh, continue next week. We'll be on week 25. And uh, it's going to be a good one. So everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs>